welcome back to the Hall of Comics podcast. My name is Ollie, and as always, I'm joined by Gary. Hello. We are on issue 72. Yeah, why not? Um, as you can guys probably tell, it's been a bit of a lengthy ab- absence. We took most of December, all of January off to... Yeah, we we had recorded podcasts. We, we, yeah, we recorded some, but like we those... just want to be up to date with you guys. We yeah. don't want to fuck fuck with you. <laughs> like give you give you old news. Yeah, but the gist of it is that reason for the reason for the absence. Um, a couple of behind the scenes things with like uh, hosting sites and stuff like that. So we struggled a bit to get things up, but now we're all back up and up and running. Fantastic, and we want to talk to you about uh, all the new kind of Marvel comics coming out this uh, this year and how they've been going. Yeah, um, um, we're gonna have a little Marvels kind of. I, I think in appreciation of the fact that Alex Ross's Marvels has returned, we're just going with the new Marvel comics this year, and we'll get back to kind of like new stuff next month. Yeah, so there's going to be uh, going forward on the podcast a bit of a change in format. So still, obviously, going to be getting our episodes that come out, but um, they will either be focusing entirely upon comics. So each kind of you know whenever we record one and we talk about all the comics, it will literally just be those. And if we're going to talk about films or anything like that, there will be like separate episodes and stuff. So you guys can find the things that you want to hear a bit easier. Yeah. Let's talk about the movies and shit that have been coming out, though. Like, Oscars obviously just dropped. Joaquin Phoenix gave a spot-on speech about, like, life in general. Yeah, I think Joaquin Phoenix has been using his platform very, very well um, with all the kind of awards he's been getting for Joker. So he won Best Actor at the Oscars most recently and he's been using it to talk about climate change to talk about like veganism and things like that and like how celebrities should kind of do their bit I just loved the um, you're taking your milk or you're taking the cow's milk I sound like Charlie from uh, Always Sunny then you're taking the cow's milk and then you're the dropping it milk, <laughs> and you're dropping it into your coffee and and how do you like them apples so uh, he, yeah. but it was a really kind of like brings it home like you know you are putting that milk and stealing it from the calf of a baby wow are you, are you being is Joaquin converting you I, do you know what eventually I'd like to think that I would be able to become vegan even though that's probably not possible <laughs> well like I, I did uh, I'd like to be I did January mm. all of January doing I did vegetarian because I don't have the willpower to give up cheese um, and it was it was it was easy it is a, it's an easy thing to do and I think the important thing, like, you know, obviously to say to people, like... You are a fucking liar. What? You were desperate for me. I remember. By the end. Uh, by, by the, the end, end of, of the it, month, yeah. You absolute little liar. No, but like... It's an easy thing to do. It, well, it is. It's easy to make little changes. Yeah, it is. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of people were kind of talking about after Joaquin Phoenix's speech and stuff, is that, you know, everyone can do, like... A t- if everyone tries to do a little bit, then... The world would be a better place. Mm. Slash, we're all going to die this year, so... Uh. Just, like, I can just imagine your bed just being full of meat. Um, well, that's... <laughs> just rolling that's a, around... That's in... an entirely different <laughs> podcast. Um, um, anyway, yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> so the Oscars. Oscars, so Best Picture was Parasite. I've not seen it yet. Have you yeah, seen it? I have. Bong Joon-ho just was it deserved it, it so deserved and it was just so lovely to see him it's actually i think it's the first time a um international an international or non-english speaking film has won best picture yeah normally you know they'd win they'd be just stuck in the best foreign film category yeah but they they won that they won best director they won um best film something else as well i think a screenplay i, I love the fact that in the speech as well like he he was speaking korean rather than 
that English and he had to translate it there. And like the, the speech, I mean, they could have been like ramming it down your throat about how an international film was won, etc. But they were just like really gracious and just really nice. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you guys, are, um, if any of you have seen Parasite and you're like, oh, I want to check out some of his other films, the one to definitely go and see is Snowpiercer. Hmm. Snowpiercer is so good. Chris Evans is fantastic in anything he's in. But like as well, Snowpiercer's got kind of a sad story to it where the film was buried by Harvey Weinstein. Oh, really? Because um, he just uh, was just a dick and he'd like, yeah, Harvey, you know, you don't need me to tell you that Harvey Weinstein was a dick. Um, but like there was, there's a really funny story that Bong Joon-ho said about like there was a scene in there of like a fisherman yeah, and he's like, Harvey Weinstein wanted it cut out and he was like, no, 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 it's really important to me. My father was a fisherman. Yeah. And I really want to keep this in the film. And eventually Weinstein kind of caved and was like, yeah, fine, keep it. And like, Bong Joon-ho said, like, my father isn't a fisherman. I just wanted to fucking see the film. <laughs> he, Player! He, he's so, so good. But yeah, no, it was um, overall, I kind of, I watched, I actually stayed up and watched the Oscars and I kind of found like the first kind of, I just, I, it's a bit boring going through. But then oh. it, obviously as it picks up, only way to watch the was- Waskers, the Waskers, is to record it and watch it in the morning and skip through all the shit. That's the only way to watch it. Yeah, I, I, I find the, I think I just, I'm not one for like the pageantry and stuff of it all. Yeah. So that's, you know, I, I, the thing I hate the most about any kind of awards thing is when you see like everyone dressed up to the nines and there's people like on Twitter or things just like criticising them going, well that dress looks like shit. And it's like, <laughs> They probably felt really nice in that outfit, you dick. Yeah, yeah. There was something that came up. I can't remember what it was. Um, they were talking about Eminem's performance. It was like, look, Scorsese's clearly asleep from this. And do you know what? They showed two seconds of film of Scorsese with his eyes closed. And it was like, he could have just been like blinking or something. No, Marty, <laughs> bless him. He just wanted a nap. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was interesting, the Oscars. Um, let's talk about some of the films that came out, because we definitely went to see some of those. 1917 was fantastic. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. I think um, anything that has Roger Deakins doing cinematography for me is just like, a, oh, it's so good. Like, the continuous shot as well. You notice it, and then you don't notice it, and then you do notice it, and you're just like, through the entire film, you've just shot shooting this one character going through hell, basically. It was just... Stunning, yeah. stunning the way that it was done. Really, really clever photography. Um, it's actually one of my favorite films, I think, of like already of this year. Like, and there have been a lot of great ones that come out. Like, Copperfield came out, that was a great kind of character study. Slash, that do you know, I, I the thing I liked about David Copperfield, and I don't normally go for those kind of films. And to be honest, like, I came out and I said to you, Oh, that was nice, yeah, you know, like, it's not the kind of film I would normally go for. I did, I really enjoyed how Patel. Uh, Armando Iannucci's who directed I think he wrote the film as well hmm. um, you know you know him from like the thick of it and things like that his comedy is there you can really feel it as it goes throughout it but I did really enjoy like Dev Patel and stuff in the roles and how they they ignored they ignored race in the film yeah it, it was like it was like going to the theatre where you you know you have this is obviously set in a certain time period in uh, London and like Dorset and places like this, but they ignore, um, they ignore race and you know, they they literally just cast actors and actresses as whoever, and I think that was just it was a really refreshing thing to see because it was like it was a wonderfully kind of diverse cast. Yeah, but it didn't that you know it wasn't part of the story. It was just like cool. These are the people playing this role. 
yeah go from there and it was it was great it was it was something that i was like oh cool i i, I want to see fun. more of this yeah because like it just that's where you kind of want film and like tv and everything to go where race doesn't become like an issue it's just like people are just mixed in and it's great i felt like it was just you were going to the theater to see a theatrical not a cinema performance a theatrical performance of your favorite actors and actresses mm. yeah um, i know i mean like hugh laurie yeah hugh laurie was fantastic and Peter doctor Curry. who it'll always be doctor who to me now i um, he yeah or thick of it guy yeah malcolm <laughs> Um, what else came out? So there was, do you know what Irishman came out? Irishman, and, Irishman came out just before Christmas, but it was know? also up for Oscars as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, but like it was one of those ones that was kind of ignored mm. a lot by the awards. But I think it, you know, where if it was any other kind of year where it didn't have the competition that it did, yeah, I mean, it Who probably last year. Last year were, I don't want to say Green Book, but I think it was maybe Green Book, potentially Green Book. Um, yeah, that, um, yes, Irishman. It was great. Bit long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I well, I I really loved it, and I you know I remember saying to you like I found the time flew by when I was watching it. So yeah. I yeah, I mean Pesci was fantastic. Pesci's great. I I really wanted him to get best supporting actor. Like I'm glad that the who. Brad Pitt won it. Brad Pitt. But do you know what? Brad Pitt's a great actor. Um, it's one of those things that wasn't Brad Pitt wasn't one of my favourite films. Once yeah, Once Upon a Time, Upon in, a time Hollywood. in Hollywood. I've I've had chats with some of my friends about this and like, it's disappointing because I, I love Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I love his films. But like, I just didn't connect with that at all. I, well, I loved the last 15 minutes. Sometimes I feel almost like that's us putting our expectations on it because you're like, it's like when I went into Hateful Eight and I was like, Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, it's going to be amazing. And then, like, I came out and I was like, oh, I, I still... Yeah. I love that. I, I, I do like it. I genuinely like it. But, like, I came out and was like, oh, yeah, the, the hype, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect. And, like, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be Quentin Tarantino. Do you know, I feel, I feel like that that is 100% true. Because, like, we do kind of go into a lot of things like including comic books and stuff with like our own kind of expectations of it it's all these reviews and critics and yeah. we're living in an age where like, it's all on the phone like for example and um, this is one that you know everyone was saying was really great and everything um little women yeah i went into that really wanting to like it i've seen different versions of little women i've read the book when i was at school yeah i and like I didn't like the book when I was there and i, I just don't like that kind of period drama it's just it's, it's, a no, shame, it's never really but... been my thing um, but like obviously it's Greta Gerwig it has such an amazing cast and, I was, and it was getting such like such praise that I went in to see it and kind of almost forgot the fact that I don't like this kind of thing anyway yeah. but I then obviously watching it I was like oh well, I'm disappointed because despite all the praise and stuff it's, it's just something that I just wasn't going to connect with I don't think yeah you can't like every film in the world unless you're me because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually a film. I love everything. I, I even went to see Peter Rabbit, as we know. Um, so, <laughs> less, less about that. More about rabbits. So, Jojo Rabbit also came out. Yeah. Segway. Um, that, that was a smooth... So, uh, Jojo Rabbit also came out. And also, Tiger Wasiti got an Oscar and hit it under the chair in front of him. The yeah, every last one. That was awesome. Um, that, was just, that was a film where I literally came out and I had not a single criticism of the entire film. Yeah, I, I think for... 
for just sheer entertainment, but also those moments in that film where, like, it really like smashes you over the head with, oh, by the way, this is a film about Nazi Germany. Yeah, and you're like, oh wow, no, this was a fun film with an imaginary like fun Hitler, which is a, a weird thing to say. But yeah, no, it, it's 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 amazing. It's a crazy the emotions like you say that you can get into like. For example, when you get the Gestapo really kind of menacingly coming in to just search a random Steve, house Stephen for Jojo Mer- Rabbit. Stephen Merchant. It's Stephen Merchant. And when, when Ven, Ven, he comes into the he, Jojo's bedroom. And he's like, oh, bedroom. look at all the propaganda. Now, this is a Nazi boy's bedroom. <laughs> it's like, um, it shouldn't be funny, but it is. Like, and, and also, massive props to Scarlett Hansen, who was fantastic in that. I could see that death coming off because they kept showing the fucking shoes. Spoilers. Shit. But like, it has been out for a bit, and like, yeah, yeah. Okay, forget what I said. That moment was like, it took me a second because obviously it's there, and Jojo. You see, I realized it as Jojo realized it, and I was like, holy shit, that's fucking dark. Yeah, and that's why the Gestapo turned up at his house. But um, massive, massive props to oh, I've forgotten his name from the Moon, from uh, Iron Man Two. So, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell was quality in that film. The Magatu kind of relationship he had with his assistant from Zoolander, <laughs> um, as well. Um, it was just. And you know what, as well, and um, Robert Wilson was actually really good on that as well. Yeah. I je- oh man. Is it, yeah, Jojo Rabbit's a fantastic great, film. Great film. Um, another film that came out that wasn't. At the Oscars, or it was the Oscars for I think it was for cinematography actually. Um, that we recently saw was The Lighthouse, it was nominated for Best Picture as well. Best Picture as well, I think it was. What did you think of that? <laughs> it's an experience. I double billed The Lighthouse with Parasite, so I saw Parasite oh, wow. first and then The Lighthouse. And I, I then, when I got home, had to kind of immediately watch like, like old videos of Vines on YouTube just to kind of dewind my brain. Yeah. The Lighthouse was just it's an experience of a film. Um it's century. I I I don't think I'm gonna watch it again. I get that. I totally get that. But Defoe. Defoe and and Defoe's Patterson. voice, he's acting Patterson was fantastic, but Defoe's so creepy, so brilliant as the old sailor who's in charge, the old captain. And like I was listening to like some theories online. One thing I will say about this film is, when I came out of it, I was like, "That film is too smart for me." Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm I stupid. Feel I feel dumb. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, had to it's... go and look it up, and like there's there's things about Prometheus, and there's things about well. Lovecraft, which you kind of get in the kind of tentacly mermaidy things as well. But like um, there was this idea that he's one of, and there's a creature within Cthulhu, uh, within uh, Lovecraftian lore, which is the old ones and the land of the old ones and the idea that actually William Defoe was one of the old ones that was torturing a human on this island but that was just one perception another one was that it's Prometheus that he touches the light and that he gets and burned because he, yeah, he's, he's trying to smashed still smashed on the rocks and the, the, the other was just like he's <laughs> Patterson is mad and he is actually a lazy bastard and Defoe <laughs> on, like he, he's winding him up to the point where he you know, there is death. It's bad luck to kill a bird. He's soliloquies. He's monologue. He's, he's, when he goes into a big spiral of talking, when he curses him, it's just so quality. Yeah. It's said with such kind of Shakespearean venom. 
But like for for a film as well that's very like quiet in places and it there's a lot of kind of not much happening at times and you have to rely on these two characters. Yeah. It's great because they just carry the entire film like with just their performances and like this is again this is just another film to add to the list of ones where people don't trust Robert Pattinson to be Batman mm. where it's like oh but he's the Twilight guy <laughs> he's, he's a not. very very good actor <laughs> oh my god yeah um, Lighthouse Experience Jojo Rabbit Marriage Story Irish Little Women Parasite all of those films at the Oscars films not at the Oscars it's been a great year so far it's oh. only February and I have one huge gripe about the Oscars my, cool. my one award which I felt went to the wrong film okay best animated feature Oh yeah, I remember you saying what you thought it should be. <sighs> it should have been Klaus. It should have even been How to Train Your Dragon Free. Mm. But Toy Story got it because Toy Story. I remember coming out of Toy Story and going, "Do you know what? I liked it. I didn't like it like amazingly like the others." So like, I thought it was just good. Yeah. But you think that the Klaus, 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 yeah, Klaus should have won. I think that, and this is because I haven't seen Klaus. I think that Liss- Missing Link should have won. Because I'd love stop motion animation. Yeah, but that's the, that's the thing. Like every other film that was there deserved it for like different reasons. better reasons than Toy Story's. Like oh, but that's nostalgia and it's really nice and it's like oh, it's mm. Toy Story. It was just like mm. it really that to me screamed of like they they were just giving it to Disney in that moment. They were like going here you go here's your here's your one. Especially because and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I feel that. At, Toy Story episode, uh, number four. Episode four. I was, I was literally about to say it was, was more like a TV episode. It was more like Toy Story, the animated series or something. There's stories without Andy going off and doing stuff. You know, if it, it didn't feel proper. It felt like just like an episode or like a one shot of a comic book. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, I hope now they don't do another one. I think there's a trilogy planned. No, um, thank you. One last film that we need to talk about from the previous year that mm-hmm. we didn't talk about was episode nine. Star Wars <laughs> episode nine. And I don't know what your exact beliefs or opinions are on this. Because yep. obviously I know you like Rian Johnson. I like Rian Johnson as well. Um, what were your thoughts on it in general? I, um, when I came out of The Rise of Skywalker, I really was like, oh yeah, I enjoyed that. I did. I, you know, I kind of have a couple of issues with it, but the more and more I thought about the film, the more I found wrong. Mm-hmm. And that for me was kind of like quite a heartbreaking thing because I'm, I'm one of those Star Wars fans that will absorb everything, like the comic books, the novelizations, like everything. Give me, give me all of it. I'll even watch the Lego Freemaker Adventures because okay. it's Star Wars. Um, I hashtag Clone Wars season seven. Go on. Oh god, I can't wait. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I was just disappointed with a lot of the choices that were made. Like, I felt like Palpatine coming back. I just, I wasn't a fan of that. Mm. Like, I, you know, I, I didn't like the way that they dealt with Snoke in mm. that. It was just like, oh no, I made him, and it's like, uh, okay, okay. It, it felt like a lot of retconning the Last Jedi, which I, I'm a huge fan of. And one thing, I think, one of my big gripes in it is. For a main character that was introduced in Last Jedi, Rose Tycho, to be completely just taken out, more or less, of the film. And a lot of what could have been her replaced with Dominic Monaghan, who was just introduced in this film. Like, it just, there was no need for him in that film. That could have been Rose saying these things. 
And I think like that, it, it felt like almost bowing to the people that hated Rose in a way. Uh, so that's that's just one of my, my gripes of it. I I don't think anybody bowed to anybody with that film at all. I mean, like, Raylo was always going to happen. Sorry, I mean, Ray, Ray and uh, oh, yeah, Rilo. Yeah, Ray, Ray, Raylo was always going to be there. I, I didn't... Let's think, I that's didn't irony, mind, by the way. I mean, sarcasm. Thing is, I didn't didn't so much mind that. Like, I, I just kind of... You know, that was kind of the way you could see it coming mm. throughout the three films. Um, and I really lo- I loved their their lightsaber fights. So yeah. the one where they had where they were in two locations fighting that's such a cool idea. The one they were fighting on the Death Star bit, but like I just it's yeah it just seemed like a lot of characters were kind of shunted backwards. Like even Finn was kind of like reduced yeah. a bit. And I yeah I I was disappointed with it. It, there was a lot of talk of it being two movies squashed into one, and I think that that potentially could be true. Um, I think that there are three different things. So either Rian Johnson should have made all three, either that or Abraham should have made all three, or alternatively, what people were saying was that Rian Johnson did what Empire Strikes Back did, which was swing the entire story one way so that the third could bring it back home. And therefore, Abraham's failed in his duty in order to do that. My f- my last opinion, which is completely away from all of these, is mm. this. When the prequel trilogy came out, <laughs> um, I think we both agreed that we didn't like it as much as the, the originals. Disagree. Oh, you like the prequels yeah. more? I, I'm, I'm one of those fans that's like, I I like them. Attack of the Clones. I mean, it's not the best, but there are A things I like. They're... I like it. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, okay. But... When it originally came out, like I'm, I'm a purist. I go as far as to say they were wizard. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I was a bit disappointed with them. Mm. Like, and we got to Revenge of the Sith. I thought, okay, that's all right, you know, but it's not the way that I wanted it to be. And that's what the problem is. It's what people expect, what people want it to be, what their expectations are. And when they go back and look at it as a trilogy, you know what? You can actually enjoy the prequels a bit more than the, when they originally came out, I feel. Yeah. Like you grow to love them a little bit more. And I feel like the same is going to be said of this trilogy. Oh, 100%. I, I, I think as well, with these films, this... what people tend to forget, and this is what um, like you know, a lot of Star Wars fans are really guilty of, is I want it to go this way. This is how I imagine Star Wars. Yeah. But also, you've got to remember, like we're adults now. And Star Wars is for kids yeah. George Lucas himself said this they're kids films there's not a single kid that I've spoken to and it's like I speak to a lot of kids dodgy um, so, <laughs> wow I work in a comic shop so um, but there's not like you know with their parents with, with kids and stuff and speaking to parents as well like all of them agree that their kids love these movies that it's their new favourite movie of the Star Wars trilogy they don't like the ones that came before it's because it's that's what they're growing up with. So we grew up with the, I grew up with the originals, you grew up with the prequels. Yeah. These kids are growing up with the new ones and they're going to love it and they're going to say this was always the best one when they get yeah. up in the future. But like as well, you've got to kind of look at the last, um, the Rise of Skywalker with, with a kid's lens mm. and like lightsaber battles, mm. um, Stormtrooper fights on the edge of a, of a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Like every ship you could imagine in a big like fight, lightning shooting up into the skies. Like as a kid, you'd be like, this is, this, the is cool- amazing. this is the coolest thing. But like, as an adult, you're like, mm, well, that doesn't quite fit into the Star Wars lore that I've quite thought of. Even, and I, I, I don't know you're going to disagree with me here, but even to the point where 
we all audibly groaned, all of us adults, when we heard, oh, it's Emperor Palpatine's daughter. But the kids yeah. were probably like, this is like their Darth Vader what? and Luke moment. What? This is amazing. You know, yeah, it's... There, there's, I, yeah, I don't like the Palpatine thing because I, I loved loved what Ryan Johnson did with the Ray is nobody. And yeah, I like that. Anyone can be the force. Like, where's Broom Boy? Where's Broom Boy from the end of Last Jedi? Where is he? Having said all that, there are a couple of gripes that I have with number three as well. Okay. So number one was, and I don't know if this is true because I haven't gone back to watch it yet. Apparently they take a shot directly from Force Awakens and they just added a broken Star Destroyer in the background from Jakku. So the broken Star Destroyer was on a different planet that they were on and they just had another Star Destroyer in the background and just edited it slightly. So it's literally <laughs> the same shot. Um, well, like, yeah, I, those kind of things... Incredibly lazy. No. Incredibly lazy. you got to think, in, in the t- small time that they've got to make these films yeah. and... The amount of like CG work goes into it, you can forgive them. For Have you that. ever seen the film with Jack Black, um, where he's got a VHS store? Oh, Be Kind Rewind. Be Kind Rewind, and they make their own films because they've accidentally erased all of the tape. That and re- that film is so good. It's such an underrated gem. Be Kind Rewind. That's where it reminds me of. <laughs> well, actually, wait. I'll say this. My my last thing I'll say about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there was originally it was going to be Colin Trevorrow who did Jurassic World was going to do it. He mm. wrote a script and everything, and then parted ways with Disney. Um, obviously, Carrie Fisher sadly passed away, and then JJ had to kind of juggle everything like this. There's now been leaks of Colin Trevorrow's plan, and there was even concept art released, which Colin Trevorrow has come out and said that was what I was going to do. It's so good, really? <laughs> like it's so it's so like. It's continuing kind of what Rian Johnson did in kind of going like, okay, I'm going to go my way with this. Oh, Jewel of Fates. Yeah, Jewel of Fates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were so many things in it where I was like, fuck, that's amazing. Yeah. But like, there's also some things in there where it's like, that's dark as fuck. Like, um, I think one of the things was that Hux, who I just, I hate what they did with him in this film. Yeah. And also, you know, that's one of the things I don't like about what Ryan Johnson did with Hux. They just reduced him to a comedy side bit. He in like the war on Coruscant that was happening, he sees that the the um, First Order are about to fail and he commits suicide with a lightsaber. Like, like the classic kind of like general putting in the lightsaber through him. And I was like, that's like so, a samurai. I was like, that's so dark and awesome. But yeah, no, never going to get it. Never going to get it. Damn. There's always Clone Wars. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, we talked enough about films of last year and the films like with Oscars and stuff like that. Are there any films this year that you're looking forward to at all? Um, I, well, yeah, I, I'm yet to see Birds of Prey, but you have seen Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is, and I hesitate oh, to say this. I should actually mention. Spoilers. Now, <laughs> yeah, spoilers ahead, um, but be light on the spoilers because even I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. It is no longer called Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. They've changed the name while it's in the cinema. It's now called Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn Birds of Prey. Which makes sense. Yeah, because Which, it's what they should have done from the beginning. It, they, yeah, they, they, you, it will be clear when you see it. Okay. But um, Harley Quinn, I wasn't won over with the Suicide Squad. I thought, why are they doing this? I, I, <laughs> nobody this was! Is, nobody wanted this film, apart from a few people, I suppose. But this is pure comic book heaven. This is like exactly how Amanda Corner draws Harley Quinn, exactly how Jimmy Paolotti wrote Harley Quinn. Um, this is pure Harley Quinn. She, Margot Robbie is perfect. 
she is at her absolute finest when she's just being Harley Quinn and there's no stupid Suicide Squad around and she's learning, she's growing as well. She's becoming her own person, her own film, away from the Joker, away from Batman, still in Gotham. But this was just fantastic. And I'm, I can't remember the name of the actress and this is really bad, but Ramona Flowers. Um, oh, Mary Elizabeth Winston. She'll always be Ramona Flowers. Um, it seems like she, like... In it, terms of films, she comes out every now and then with just like these absolute gems of performances, and it's like, whoa! Helena Bertolini, the huntress, like you wouldn't expect from all the trailers and things for her to probably be the one of the funniest things in the film, but she is. Like not, just from the trailers, it seems like she's really deadpan. Yeah, because she's um, she's essentially she's Batman. Okay. She's essentially <laughs> Batman that kills with a crossbow. Yeah, but. It's just like, for example, I'm, this is a spoiler for you, but go on, go on. she's in front of the mirror and she's going, I'm the Huntress. No, 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 no. I'm the Huntress. <laughs> and she's just trying to get it right. And then when she finally does get around to doing it, they're like, oh yeah, I know you. You're Helena Bertolini. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. How, um, how is uh, you McGregor in that? Perfect. He's, he's not at all like Black Mask in the comic books. But he gives, once again, I hate to keep quoting Zoolander, but the most Magatu character I've ever seen in my life, with <laughs> Victor Zaz as his assistant. Oh. <laughs> um, one thing I've heard is, like, um, Black Canary is supposed to be really good in this as well. Like, they apparently they handle it really well. <sighs> it's funny you should say this. Okay, alright. Because whilst it's interesting that... She's an interesting character, and there's a couple of moments where you can almost see her personality coming out. She is has got no motivation in this film. So it makes no sense for her to be what she is or what she does. or Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. She's the character I found the least kind of like sensical okay. out of the lot. Um, I liked what they did with Renan Montoya, making her this hard-boiled 80s cop. And they gave her literally the hard-boiled 80s cop um, storyline where, you know, oh, this is the bit where the cop loses the badge and... You know, and obviously Holly Quinn's doing the voiceover throughout the entire thing. All right. Uh, yeah, she was really great, like donut eating kind of. Cool. The the action sequences are spot on. Um, they could once again just be completely out of a comic book. Um, Holly Quinn uses a lot of guns that sprout out like kind of glitter and crazy powder, coloured guns and stuff, and just everything's just pure comic book mania. Absolutely loved it. Um, there's, the, I'm sure there's things wrong with the film. But on showing when I came out, it's one of those films where I was like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I would probably go and see that again. Yeah. Cool. Um, there's so going forward into twenty twenty, there's a hell of a lot of comic book movies. Um, so we've got obviously Harley Quinn, Birds of Praise just come out. Um, Black Widow, we're going to be having that coming up soon. It's really soon. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be having the Eternals. We're going to have Wonder Woman, um, nineteen eighty four. Finally, it's coming out. Um, Bloodshot uh, from yeah. the Valiant <laughs> comics finally going into aka Fast and Furious Bloodshot AKA, 10 aka, AKA Vin <laughs> Diesel playing Vin Diesel again um, Venom 2 I believe is this year as well Venom 2 interesting I believe yeah it should be 2nd of October should be getting Morbius as well Morbius and um, um, the new Mutants is coming out um, this year I will believe it 
when I actually physically sitting in the cinema about to watch the film and then they cancel it just as I'm about to start the film and I, then put it back in a movie. I've had a, a long ongoing bet with a friend of mine who doesn't believe it's going to be released in the cinema. Oh, and I think there's there's like like food, like dinner is on the line here. So whoever wins the bet gets it. I'm going to be there opening night wearing a New Mutants t-shirt because I can't wait to win this bet. So that's not the only thing though. Uh, we've also got TV series. We've got... Mm. Uh, the late Super Bowl, there was a release of uh, One Division, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and of course Loki. TV shows that are going to be hitting Disney. Very, very short. No, no, actually, it's going to be throughout the year, isn't it? Throughout the year. So um, towards the end of the year, we're getting um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think in August, mm-hmm. and then in December is One Division. Loki's pushed into next year. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no the. From what we've got to see in the trailers, I mean, we got to see Sam throw in the, the shield. Yeah. Which I was just like, Baron Zemo's back. It seems like we've got Hydra, parrot, like, kind of paragliding, not paragliding, but, you know, those kind of suits where they have, like, wings under their arms. Yeah. Um, them flying for the... I think it's Hydra because they're wearing, like, the black and the like the yellow stripe going up it, which matches the, the sound That's of Hydra? Captain America. Yeah. Um, what else did we get? We've got Winter Soldier... Just pointing a gun at Zemo, which is just like, yeah, kill him. We also got um, Captain America Falcon, I should say, running into a stadium, looking like people were cheering, which makes you think, are they going to go back with Captain America to the point where he was in First Avenger and that he was more of like an entertainment person, more of a kind of like symbol. Well, and then he kind of broke out and wanted to be his own person. That'd that's be a US agent. Use it. What? That's US agent. Who is? That character. That's doing the running into the stadium. That's oh, okay. John Walker, US agent. He's playing um, by I completely blank on his name, but he's Kurt Russell's Wyatt Russell. Okay. Um, he, that's US agent. So he's the one that um, the government want to have the shield and to be Captain America. Interesting. Because of Sam and Bucky's involvement in everything post Sokovia Records. Cool. Um, okay. And Loki's evil. Loki's evil. He's back to being evil. And One Division looks it's the most interesting. Looks so good. I mean, because you can clearly see Tom King's um, influence from the Vision, but also uh, from House of M. Is it with Scarlet Witch? Yeah, I mean, Which... so we get a lot of the a different kind of looks of like classic sitcommy kind of TV show looks. Yeah. So it's like even um... so to give you some context in House of M, Scarlet Witch. She essentially rewrites the fabric of reality um, to the point where Magneto is in charge and Quicksilver and her. Yeah, so she... And in Vision, Vision creates his own family um, <laughs> in this kind of very similar, um, like, 40s, 50s-esque um, nuclear family situation that they've got, like, almost like a TV show. Um, but his family just can't handle being robots. So robots can't handle... Artificial intelligence, and they end up going haywire. I mean, I won't say any more. You should pick up Tom King's Vision, and also House of M. It's um, the fact that we kind of see, like see Wanda's mind kind of fracturing in this, and they've said that it's going to lead directly into uh, Doctor Strange's multiverse of madness. Yeah. Um, Which Sam Raimi is now directing. Yeah. Well, it's is is in talks. Yet to yeah. be confirmed, but that's. After 1917, though, like, and also, 
Because he did the original Spider-Man, and he... Um, am I thinking the wrong person? Sam Mendes did 19... Sorry, I meant... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. After um, Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, which are fantastic films, Spider-Man 3, not for me so much. I feel like he would have learned what worked and what didn't work with Spider-Man 3, even if he... Well, you know, Spider-Man 3 is just a mess of studio interference. Yeah. Um, oh, so it wouldn't necessarily have been him, it would have been more the no. studio... Um, I I love that in Spider Man Two when they're trying to name J Jonah Jameson is trying to name um, or Octavius and they're going with Doc Ock. Yeah. One of the his assistants suggests, "What about Doctor Strange?" And he goes, "It's good, but it's taken." <laughs> um, but like Sam Raimi apparently has been a Doctor Strange fan like his whole life, and like oh. this is the one that he wanted. Excellent. Um, nice. But yeah, no. What back to Wonder Vision? One thing that I was really excited to see was that we got a glimpse of the twins, like their their dummies flying up into the air, I didn't which see is um, Wiccan and Speed. So we could well we could be getting Wiccan, which is going to be like. Give me Do a... we only see shadows? We we literally see two like cribs and two dummies being thrown up in the air. That's it. Could it be the vision? I more likely to be the I, twins. It's more likely yeah. to be the twins because they're Scarlet Witch's kids, and they they're the reason behind like when they go mm. they're the reason behind like Avengers Disassembled and then eventually House of M mm. okay yeah so that's some of the news this year talking of comic books that were adapted into TV shows um Lock and Key yeah Lock and Key um so the long awaited um adaptation of Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez's seminal comic book um six volumes of wonder of like horror fantasy with amazing characters and everything like this, has finally come to Netflix after much kind of delays and different kind of people moving in, like different showrunners and stuff. It's finally been made. Season one is on Netflix. I've seen the first episode. You binged the whole series. This is something that you've been waiting for for so long. I took the day off. You took the whole day off for Lock and Key. Yeah. Um, Lock and Key is the one that when we were talking about like greatest comics of all it's time. It's my favourite comic of all time. It's your favourite comic of all time. What did you think? I need to know your opinion first. Okay, so um, like I said, I'm only one episode in, uh-huh. so I I'm kind of tentative about it at the minute. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's the first episode, so there's a lot of kind of like introducing characters and stuff. I did really love the Bodhi talking into the well. I love that stuff because I was like, oh fuck, that just really reminds me of the comic book. Um, it did make the first episode did make me want to immediately kind of go back and read it. Um, I did feel like almost there was a bit too much of a focus on like the school life, but then again, I, I kind of I kind of get that where you need to kind of flesh out how their kids in a new place. I, I get that a bit. Uh, I love the flashbacks that we get in the first one of like the death of their dad, which again, it's not a spoiler. Mm. Um, it's, I think it's in the trailer even. But yeah, no, I, I'm 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 intrigued. But at the same time, this is the first time that I've watched a, like a Netflix or a Amazon comic book thing where I didn't immediately watch the next episode. I turned it off and I was like, cool, I'll come back. Mm. I didn't immediately, like, I didn't want to binge it, which yeah. I was like, okay. So, you're, okay. Uh, you've been waiting for this. What so, do you think? So, I'm going to choose my words really carefully here because <laughs> I have a great, great respect for Gabriel Rodriguez's art on the books. And I have a great respect for Joe, Wright- Joe Hill's writing because it's it's so clever what they do in the books. Um, and it's so inventive and so imaginative and it's just wondrous. Okay, 
so the series they've got the they've got the setting perfect spot on cinematography fantastic um characters are a bit up and down uh sometimes they're spot on other times they couldn't be further from it um first few episodes i really enjoyed i got into like episode two episode three episode one really really enjoyed got to episode about four five six it turned into riverdale it turned into to gossip girl it turned into a really generic tv show um then it got to about seven eight nine ten it started to pick up again like it had such a big dip in the middle of the season it just like it lost all of its kind of momentum. I really like what they did with the head key, for example. They obviously can't show you opening someone's head up, so they're Especially doing it. Especially not like Bodhi, who's a child. Yeah. I mean, they, they potentially Ooh. they could have done. One, one thing I, I want to ask, yeah. this is um, my slight kind of worry about it. Yeah. With Bodhi in particular, did you, the actor that plays him is the same one that plays Georgie in yeah. it. Do you start to just see him as Bodhi because at the moment I'm just like oh it's Georgie um like or is that just do you know what I don't see him as Georgie but I don't see him as Bodhi either like to me he's I don't know if he's not been given enough screen time you're not hanging around enough with Bodhi in the series but like I feel like you see it more from his Tyler's and Kinsey's eyes throughout the series and there's been less and less of that like he he he's felt a bit flat okay okay um Rufus is a little bit older in the comics. Uh, sorry, in the in the TV series than he is in the comics, and the actor that plays him does very well. Um, I, I quite like the actor that's done it. I, I quite like his performance; it's been good. I didn't like the whitewashing of one of the characters, which was Erin Voss. I felt it was very, very, very important to her character that she was played by a a black woman because um, there's a massive kind of issue or there's massive spoilers for the book spoilers for the series um books have been out for a while but one of the major points in the series is like you've got this thing called the gender key that can switch genders really vital for the main villain yeah because it switches it and you don't know the, the kids don't know who she is like because it's now a guy you also get this gender key which in one of the issues or a couple of the issues of one of the books is vital because they get to experience what life is like if they were a different colour, if they were a different background, different culture. And it's actually quite interesting. It raises some questions. You actually think this is actually quite a clever issue. They're not going to get that. They're never going to get that. They're going to get um, a different key, one that's called the change into anyone key, which basically you put the key into your face and you can change literally into anyone or anything. Okay. So there's no gender key. There's no, there's no racial key. I, I suppose, like, I don't know, because... Um, I I I feel that it's bowing a bit to, to kind of like people that disliked the gender key, because of um the idea that there shouldn't be a man or a woman in gender, it should be equal, which is fair enough. But like I just felt like for this particular story, like it was just an interesting way of looking at it. I I don't know. I, I don't the way you describe it. Then I I don't know if I mind it. Obviously, um, whitewashing of characters is not good mm. um but like you know potentially they could have done it the other way so that a person um who is white could experience life as someone of color and that could give them a greater perspective yeah because you know obviously you know they would then live without their their privilege yeah um or you know whatever um i i do kind of i admit that i do kind of get that though about like the gender key and i think especially they have 
more or less would have to change it, especially in today's kind of times, because um, it's we live in a world where you know it, it's it's no longer binary, and I think you have to kind of respect that. And I think like there's you kind of have to move, and you know be re- be respectful because I think you know you could run into people would you know potentially become offended by it. So if what I don't understand is so if somebody wanted if somebody was born in the wrong body if somebody was a guy that was on the inside that was had was a female and wanted to therefore change your body to become female yeah. you could use the gender key to turn yourself into a female for yeah. that. So I don't understand why they wouldn't because there's why there's because there's more than one gender now. Yeah. There's male, female, non-binary. Mm. So there's it's it's you'd run into that issue which I which I get but also at the same time you know that I'm one of those people that like I'm very much for comics being adapted faithfully. Yeah. Um. So I I, I get that. I do. Obviously, like I'm only one episode in. I, it, I'm yet to kind of hit that moment and see how I feel like in it. How did you feel about Marcho? Because like this this also affects me with the gender key as well. Because okay, they've changed the gender key. That's fine. They've changed it. It's now the anyone key. I think it's not very good because it's changed what's happening with Aaron Voss, who was a right. character who was black. And she was Rendell's best friend, who was their dad. And she, the one thing that she would say while she was in this care home, because she's had all her memories taken away, is white. Yeah, I, and, I, I think for me, I because it's been so long since I've read Lock and Key, I can't remember it, so I can't yeah. connect with it as much. Yeah, and so you've got like these characters, like these kind of like horrible men that think that she's a racist because she keeps saying white, but it's because everything's been taken out of her head, so all she sees is like static white. Yeah. Um. And it's not like they're seeing it as a racial thing, but it's not a racial thing, and therefore the characters have to get in to see this character and pretend they're like a relative, so they have to pretend they're black as well. They get to experience what the oh, life is no, like. I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, that is because right. it's quite vital to the story. But then, then again, like, um, I I don't know because obviously this is only the first season. Yeah. Maybe whether they'll, they maybe they'll they'll do something. I know yeah. they said they're they're starting to write the second season. Whether Netflix pick it up? Yeah. Who knows. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it ha- more than anything, it's made me want to reread the comics. Oh yeah, no, but no. like I'm like I said, I'm only one episode in. I can't really judge it properly yet. Yeah. I, okay, we'll, we'll reserve judgment on this because I feel like you need to watch it as well, and then we can come to it. <laughs> then we can hate it together. I don't hate. I don't hate it, and I'm no, really no, interested no. to see in the second season. I just I, feel like a bit deflated when I came out of it because there were so many things there that they've dumbed down and that they've doled down, and some things they've added in just like. For example, like the anyone key is, let's be honest, is shapeshifting power. It's mystique. Um, yeah. The fire key, which makes no fucking sense, is yeah. That was that was in the first very first episode. And yeah, I, somebody I don't remember that from the comics. doesn't happen. Not a key. yeah. I was going to say that. So I, thought, I was like, I don't remember basically, that. it gives people pyro powers. They can just click um, fire and put fire everywhere. It's pyro. Cool. It's not cool. <laughs> the, the keys, the keys are to be used in the house, and the keys are to be used for a specific thing. You, uh, so, no, no, I, I'm saying cool in like yeah. the sense of an item that is pyro. Yeah, I was just like, oh, cool. That sounds cool. What but like was... in the in the context of it being a faithful adaptation yeah. of Lock and Key, maybe not so much. As a summarization, what I will say is this: people that have seen it and not read the comic book first have enjoyed it. People that have read the comic book first and then seen it have not as not enjoyed it as much. What I would suggest you do is actually do see the TV show first, enjoy it go back and read the comic book and you'll see how much they've kind of like changed and potentially see 
actually the comic book is fantastic i should go and read this and that way you get to enjoy two things cool um or just read it (laughs) (laughs) um okay so that kind of summarizes what we've got there let's talk about the future of comics yeah so there's a lot of uh a lot of big things happening this year in terms of comics we've got Marvel's Empire storyline is going to be coming up. Yeah, so we've got the Scrolls, the Scrolls, and Hulkling specifically. So Hulkling came out of Young Avengers. He's part. They've retconned some of his uh, background. He's now part Kree, part um, Scroll. Um, he's going to be leading the Scrolls into uh, a new kind of era. That's yeah. pretty much it. Um, um, Marvels is coming back. Marvels is back. Marvels. Well, yeah, Marvels is coming back. Marvels X is more along the lines of Earth. X, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, also in DC Generation Zero, which is interesting. It's Bendis um, and someone else. I wasn't sure who was helming it, but interesting. I know Bendis, Bendis is on it, but I think it's Bendis and someone. I think uh, I don't know if it's Fraction. That'd be interesting. That'd be really good. I might be wrong on that. I I just I'm. Trying to remember an image I saw of like the names across it. Essentially, though, um, Generation X, what people are speculating, but it's unconfirmed as of yet, is that they're passing on the baton to the new generation and that it's going to be official canon. But it's never official canon in DC. It's always fluctuating. <laughs> so essentially what they'd be doing is potentially having Damian Wayne becoming Batman and Superboy becoming Superman and then passing on the baton like that. It will all get black labelled. It will all get changed. They <laughs> will so just is, get Grant Morrison in and it will just change it all. So is it going to be a like permanent kind of... Because the... I'm thinking Damien's quite young. This is the thing. People are indicating that. But they're essentially going to be moving on the story a bit. Right. So potentially if Damien Wayne was oh, a teenager... Because I'm a little bit behind on uh, Legion of Superheroes. Hasn't Damien's gone to the future, hasn't he? He went to the future for one issue and they sent him straight back. And they implied <laughs> that something bad was, was, was the reason why. God damn it, Damien. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I... I wouldn't mind even if they went back to having Dick as Batman. Wouldn't mind that. Let Bruce go off with Selina and have their Bat and Cat series. I absolutely um, loved it when Dick Grayson was Batman. It Dick, was one Dick of the best Dick and Damien runs. was so good. That Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly run was fantastic. What I would be intrigued to see is maybe maybe Tim Drake. I, yeah, I, I'm I not a massive I, fan of Tim Drake, but I'd quite like to see what they do with it. I, I liked him from the Detective Comics run that James Tinian was on. Where he died. No, he but, the, but, but then... But that then, was great. But then he wasn't. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed him from that. But like now, he, I, he's got a new name now. I haven't been reading... Is it Titans Red, or is it Young Justice he's part of? I mean, he's Red Robin for a while and then... They've given him like a new name on Young uh, Justice, I think. What's we'll it? I, I don't Dead. like it. I don't like it. I think no, it's, it's Drake. They're calling him Drake. Oh, that's like Rick Grayson. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, <laughs> Rick. They were so close to turning him into a talent. Robin, he was a talent. Then Rick. Um, right. So, um, what else? So that's the news for DC about the future. Oh, there is also looks like Wally West is going to be getting Doctor Manhattan's powers. Oh shit! Yeah, I totally forgotten about this. And Wonder Woman is going to be retconned into being the first superhero, not Superman. So she will officially be the first superhero. Uh, Wally West, in order to save his kids, in order to save his wife, who have been gone for a very long time and nobody gave a shit. Hence, we got Heroes in Crisis. Um, I've missed Wally. (laughs) um, Yeah, he essentially, he's made a deal with the devil. He's not only going to get Manhattan's powers, he's also going to get... Who's the guy in the seat from uh, Mr. Miracle? Oh. uh, Not Darkseid. 
the guy that was with Darkseid. A Metatron. 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 So he's going to get Metatron's powers. He's going to get Doctor Manhattan's powers. <laughs> sitting in the chair, and he's going to like fuck around with the universe for a bit. Fine. Let let Wally be OP for a little bit. Let him be overpowered. Give him the power. Um. Let him get revenge. One of those superheroes. <laughs> no, it's fine, Wally. Don't worry. We'll find your kids somewhere. I'll take you to century. <laughs> take your wife and kids away, bitch. Um, so <laughs> that's what you should do. Um, yeah, that's that's what's happening in DC. That's what's happening in Marvel. Actually, a couple more things just to do with the future of comic books. Uh, Nail Bite is returning. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, I wonder how they're going to do that because at the end of the last one, spoilers, uh, you found out <laughs> that there was a magic gun that uh, told you if you you had the ability to be a serial killer or not. Is it Josh Josh Williamson? Joshua Williamson. Yeah. Isn't, isn't this why you think he can't he can't finish stories? Do you know what? Was Nailbiter the one this, that? This is all based on on Nailbiter because I enjoyed Nailbiter so much that like when it got to the ending, I was so disappointed by it. So disappointed. Ugh. But like, yeah, maybe he's gonna fix it. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, the boys, dear Becky. The Boys is returning with Garth Innes. Um, it's going to be set uh, with Dewey in Scotland. He finds a letter that kind of explains something that happened in Butcher's Pass. So we're going to get Butcher back. We're going to get Becky back. We're going to get our old friend Simon Pegg back in the uh, seat of Dewey. Um, should be interesting. I'm not surprised that they brought it back considering that the second season's coming and the first season was such a success, even if it was a watered-down show. Um, so <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's um, Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw returning to Image Comics with uh, is it God Hates Capes yeah. which is I think it's being kind of hinted that it's going to be like a big event comic for okay. Image which is a bit like okay Hates Capes that should be interesting yeah no I've seen a couple of teasers for it on, on Twitter but um, I really love that partnership of Jeff Shaw and Donny Cates especially uh, God Country so it can only mean good things for me. And we've got a new Tom King coming out this year as well. We've got Strange Tales. So it's going to be Adam Strange. Um, it's going to be his new kind of Mr. Miracle, new vision, his new miniseries in which he delves into one of the lesser known mm-hmm. uh, superheroes, the ones that not the kind of mainstream people know about and turn it into that mainstream with an excellent new story. Um, I... I plan on writing because I think the solicitations have revealed a cover for Marauders number seven. Okay. Which has Kitty Pride on what looks like a funeral boat being pushed Ooh. away from the island and the same mutants think they conquered death. They were wrong. And if they kill Kitty Pride, I'm going to riot. Maybe it's Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back. Because yeah. <laughs> he looks like Arnie. Um, so... Let's go into the comics of the this year. Yeah, so this, this is just a selection of like mainly like first issues and second issues of some of the series that we've, yeah. we've enjoyed over the past couple of things. Um, Start off with Star Wars because, um, I mean, episode nine came out last year. This is a new era for Star Wars. It, the era of Between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, which was also Charles Saul, I think. I oh, know it was Kieran Gillen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all set between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and it lasted for 75 issues it was hugely popular. It retconned a lot of everything that went on in between. All the old Dark Horse comics of Star Wars no longer exist. But you got like Fraun, you got Dr. Afra who came out of it. People were crazy about Dr. Afra. She's like the archaeologist of Darth Vader 
I recently, like over the Christmas kind of period, um, on Comicsology got all of the Doctor Afro run. Yeah, enjoyed. So good. Mm. And th- there was also a Darth Vader run. Um, yeah. With the two kind of C three PO R two D two evil version robots, uh, Luke Skywalker looked into like Jeddah and all these different things. Got to see a whole new side of everything. I mean, it was okay. It finished with um, them finding Hoth. Uh, the new base, which leads directly into Empire Strikes Back. Now we've got a whole new era starting right now. We're on issue number two at the moment. There's issue one and two out. It starts with the ending of Empire Strikes Back. It literally starts right at the beginning. Star Wars. Doo-doo-doo. Well, this is um, like to be to be that Star Wars fan about this. Yeah. This is slightly before the end of Empire Strikes Back. So mm. this is just after because Luke hasn't got his hand. Yeah. Luke hasn't had his hand repaired yet. Yeah. Um, but it's quite it's quite a nice one to see. This is Lando um, in the first issue, kind of persuading them, like I need to go off and I'll help you find Han. So this is yeah. how Lando kind of persuades Leia to kind of let him go off on this mission. This, when you think about like the amount of story that they've got with this, and you've pointed it out right then, Lando, Lando straight away. The entire arc that is going to be between Empire Strikes Back and Return of Jedi is going to have no Han Solo. Yeah, it's, it's the all new be Han Solo. It's going to be Lando, but and it's yeah. Go on. Sorry, go. It, apparently, according to canon, it's about two years in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, which means it's going to be a big, massive void. Well, because they, I don't know if it happened in. It might have been an issue two when it happens, mm. but Lando does arrive on Tatooine with Chewie, and he's like, he's there, finds out that Jabba doesn't have Han yet, and it's like, wait, hold on, what? So Boba hasn't reached. Uh, Tatooine with Han so it's like hold on Lando's already on Tatooine Han's not there yet what's what yeah. happens so now it's like that's that's a great hook for a story um, I want to say as well I really love the art style Jesus says has done the art in this I don't know if, yeah. if he's continuing from the previous Star Wars run and the colouring as well there's there's a double page spread where um, oh there that was yeah. excellent the the remnants of the fleet that basically Hoff was their base. The rebel base was Hoff. At the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, all of those ships go into the air. You know, you only see a minimal amount. You see Millennium Falcon, you see what happens to Luke. There were loads of rebel ships. And so they're all rendezvousing now to try and kind of meet up and like, you know, get the rebel alliance back together. Yeah. And the Empire knows. So (laughs) when they come out of hyperspace with the Millennium Falcon, it's not like, oh, okay, Luke gets his hand back, everything's fine. They have to basically being like this pit fight with all these TIE fighters and Star Destroyers and they have to try and get some semblance of kind of normality back and, and find a new rebel base. Yeah. Um, which is annoying because the entire 75 issue run was about getting a base um, yeah, before. they lost it. Just like that. But what's interesting about this is it's going to be about Luke getting a Jedi lightsaber. He's going to get his green lightsaber. It's going to be constructed. Uh, so he's going to obviously have to look into Jedi law for that. I mean, this is something he's never done before. So it's mm. going to be exciting new stuff with the Jedi. We're going to get loads more of Lando. We're going to get Lando trying to prove himself, which was really vital in this issue because he got him talking about, oh, you can trust me, you can trust me. You just sold us out to the Empire, yeah. but you can trust, you trust me. me. <laughs> so um, you'll notice in Return of the Jedi, at the very beginning of Return of the Jedi and throughout, like there's no kind of, oh, we don't trust Lando. Everybody so, no, trusts we him. We trust him now. So there's there's going to be some really exciting stuff in this. Yeah. I like the the end of issue two of Star Wars as well, where they have Luke having a vision of his lightsaber falling on Bespin and a hooded figure with a black hand catches it 
Could it be? Who is that future Luke or something like that? Or could but be. we don't know who it is. Um, similarly, in another Star Wars comic, which has just been uh, re has been released, Darth Vader issue one. Yeah. Um, so this one um, follows Darth Vader from the moment he's found out about Luke. Yeah. And now Darth is on a mission to hunt down everyone that hid the child from him. Um, there is a big spoiler in this book. Have you read Darth Vader? I haven't read it, but you can spoil it. It's okay. I can spoil it. Cool. Um, I just want to say as well up top, so this is Greg Pak. Mm -hmm. um, With, uh, we've got, let me find the art. Um, It starts off with um, the moment, from Vader's vision, him striking Luke's arm off and then Luke dropping. Um, and as Luke's falling, Vader's looking at him and, he, and he's seeing, because um, he's obviously let him know that he's his dad. Yeah. He's uh, seeing Padme fall. He's seeing his mother fall. It's really, really powerful moments. So the arts, uh, Raphael Inko, colors from Niraj Menon. Um, but it, yeah, so he goes to Tatooine. He goes to Padme's old apartment on Coruscant to kind of hunt down signs for it. Then he ends up on this planet where there's like this looks like a kind of rebel group about to be overrun by the, the native kind of creatures. Yeah. And um, the obviously Vader turns up, helps like cut down these creatures, and that door opens. And uh, who should be standing there? But Padme. Shit. <laughs> um, it's obviously going to be a fake out. Like hmm. it, it can't actually be Padme. Maybe it's one of her handmaidens. Well, I mean, they must have cloned the Emperor, so maybe it's a cloning thing. Could you imagine if they cloned Padme? I it, mean... Maybe she's... Evil Padme? Or maybe she's literally that one from uh, Clone Wars, the shapeshifter. It can, well, maybe no, that one, the race. That one yeah. died. Django, Django took out Sam Weatherwell. Um, so, cool. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to new Star Wars and, and Star Wars Darth Vader. And also Star Wars Bounty Hunter... Which potentially could be the next Doctor Aphra, and there's also Doctor Aphra as well. So let's <laughs> go into Marvel. Let's start off with four because we had a massively long, fantastic seven-year run of the the Lord himself, the Great Man, Jason Aaron. Um, <laughs> now we Aaron, get Donny yeah. Cates. Uh, so Donny Cates, uh, Nick Klein on art with yeah. Matt Wilson on, on colors. colors. Very important. Uh, Joe Sabino on letters. I mean, the artwork firstly is fantastic, and especially the coloring. And that's not just because it's Matt Wilson. Like, I mean, it is, but you know, Matt Matt Wilson is probably my favorite colorist. Yeah, um, he makes you appreciate coloring largely due to his work on Four, because Four is one of those books that like is so colorful. There's like you you know you've got um, like the Rainbow Bridge and everything like that, and it's like it just pops. He knows when to use darkness. He knows when to use kind of. I mean, brilliant colours. Not just that, the artwork is really good as well. What is it, Nick Nick Klein? Nick Klein, yeah. Yeah, it's superb. Like, he's really got kind of old four down in this book. Like, with the, the eye patch and the, the rough hair. Um, I don't know if I enjoy the new look, but I understand why he had to do it. Yeah. It, well, I think he's basically establishing, look, this is what came before. I respect it. He did a lot of that in issue number one. He went, look, this is what's happened. This is what's happened. This is what's happened. I'm not reckoning anything. This is the... F path we're going forwards on yeah because i think as well if you're a new writer coming in on something that's had 
such critical acclaim yeah. of like such as Jason Aaron's run and it's kind of it's really cemented the character again in Marvel Comics as who four is yeah. you have to come in and you have to just go right from the ground up changing things because otherwise what was the, what's the point what better way to do that than just bring Galactus in oh it, god yeah, yeah. like um, to, to bring Galactus in or to literally drop Galactus in <laughs> the only thing that I have a problem with okay, okay. is okay you've made Cosmic Ghost Rider You've imbued Silver Surfer with the power of a black hole, I think it is, or a star. I've not seen all of Silver Surfer black, unfortunately. Um, and you brought all the characters together. Um, all you're doing with four, essentially, Cosmic Four, Cosmic is making four, him Cosmic, Cosmic four. four. Like you're not, you're not, you're just doing what you did with the others. I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay <laughs> with it, and like, I'm, whilst I wasn't a big fan of the new look with the long hair and the. The shaved beard. He needs to have a beard. Fawn always needs to have a beard. Um, I love the the ending of issue two where um, Four is obviously as the herald of Galactus now. Yeah. And he's um, like evacuating this planet of his natives using the Bifrost. And Lady Sif is the new uh, keeper of the Bifrost. Mm. Um, and... I love how Beta Ray Bill shows up at the end and it's like, oh my God, there's going to be a showdown between this new Cosmic Four and Beta Ray Bill. Yes, please. This, like, I... I love Jason Aaron's Four because it has such a kind of a feel of, like, myth and legend and awesomeness. Donny K's Four, only two issues in, the thing I can say about it is it just it feels like a metal album. Yeah. And for me, that's a good thing. I enjoy it because, as well, it feels very different yeah. to what's come before. But also, yeah, I, I get what you mean, where it's like, okay, yeah, he's going to cosmic it. Who's he going to have next? Daredevil. Hmm? Cosmic Daredevil. As, as long as he sticks with Jason Aaron's original idea, which is to turn him into, what about the time that you were a space cop? <laughs> um, one thing I will say about issue number two, just one more thing, is um, they're talking about this Black Winter. And they, they literally show Superman, Flash, and Green Lantern from the DC Universe and the Daily Planet um, basically being destroyed by this big event, saying it's so big and powerful that it destroyed our rivals in DC. Um, well, I, there's, there's been whispers... Of an event. Of, an, a, of a crossover. crossover. Um, secret Crisis. Okay. Which I... I mean, because I've, I've never read any of the DC Marvel crossover ones. I know there was like a Teen Titans... And um, champions? No, it wasn't champions. It was Teen Titans. And... It's never gonna come. Um, but like, it was actually a pretty. It looked good. Yeah. But like, I've never, never read it because I just, I, I. You think that if it was really good, that there'd be more of a fuss made about it, more graphic novels everywhere, more comic books. But can it have been that good if if it wasn't really I think it was more kind of a gimmick than anything else yeah like, oh, cool it's like seeing like Robin and Spider-Man chat cool um, let's go into Doctor Strange so Surgeon Supreme um, I didn't read the end of the last Mark Wade run um, I was reading it I'll be honest with you I had too much to read um, got to a point where he was in space he came back down from space he'd created a forge it was all really cool it just dropped off my reading list yep. like I just didn't get a chance to read it um, he suddenly got his hands back. Yep. So he's now a surgeon. He he has healed his hands. He's healed his hands. So he's so so powerful now he can heal his hands. 
it's, it, and magic is returning to the worlds um, where as obviously in a lot of Doctor Strange's run magic on earth was just more or less depleted yeah um, I loved this I think my, my, my one of my kind of big issues that I had with the Doctor Strange beginning of Mark Wade run I wasn't a big fan of the art and it really, yes. that made me kind of struggle with it but um, this is going new, back new to art the... teams in this with Kev Walker uh, Java Tartaglia Tartaglia I think um, it's more fun more animated more less of a movie more of a comic book and I, I love as well that um, he's he's still the Sorcerer Supreme um, but he's also a surgeon again so it's you know, he's the Surgeon Supreme but he practices medicine in that if there's something that other surgeons can't do if it's the impossible he will then do it. Yeah, that's you know that's the only time he'll be working as a surgeon, um, and I just I love it because I I just love that you know someone's there, um, a, like a patient. And he's like, oh, they told me you know it's inoperable. Like, I've got this long, you know, and he's like, well, I can do it. And I just I love that Doctor Strange helping just the everyday people, and then obviously uh, the Crusher. Not is a Crusher. No, it's the, the wrecker. wrecker. The Wrecker shows up with his possibly enchanted. the shittest of all. Bad guys with his enchanted crowbar, <laughs> which is just like yes. Um, but yeah, it turns out that somebody has been going into Doctor Strange's forge and has been stealing weapons, and it's just like, ooh, who could it be? Who could it be? I I really love this this relaunch of Doctor Strange, and I can't wait to see where it's going to go. Enjoyed. Uh, let's go into Hawkeye Freefall. Yeah, so this is the. Um, from Matt Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt. Otto Schmidt, who did incredible work with Green Arrow in yep. the Rebirth um, run, uh, which was sadly cancelled, which was just which is a really good run. Um, the artwork's just superb. It's just so kind of like fun and so like... What's the word here? I'm looking almost like Scalera. Uh, a bit it's, like it's, Black Science. It's, it's got incredibly, that yeah. and It's very kind of um, dynamic and very... Yeah, the, the panel have... Panels all have like great movement to them, yeah. Um, and like Otto Schmidt is really great at doing action, and like, admittedly, he's come from Green Arrow, he can do like archery action really well, yeah. Um, that's the perfect guy, then, yeah. Um, this is the first Hawkeye book I've read since the Matt Fraction David Arger run. I think mm. this, other than the Kate Bishop run, um, this might be the first since. Because uh, I don't remember there being a Clint Barton one. It's, it still doesn't compare to it, but it's still... It's, you know what, it's, it's a good, it's in, engaging. There is a lot of fun to be had. And he almost reminds me a bit of the old kind of Oliver Queen playboy. Um, you know, carefree, hasn't got the world, weight of the world on his shoulders before he became Green Arrow, like that. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of the Hawkeye that should it should be of Matt Fraction. And... Yeah, I think I I really enjoy the the idea of starting off this one where Hawkeye is under suspicion for being Ronin, and Ronin obviously being his old um, his old other uh, alter ego that yeah. he, he took up, and Ronin's obviously going out and killing people and stuff like this, and it's but like he's going after targets and things, and everyone is questioning him going yeah but it but it's you he's like no 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 not me like even to the point of like having hawkeye be beaten up by him and then in, obviously in issue two they reveal it it's is just this, there's a hacker guy that's like no no no, look at this 
like and shows them side by side photos. It's like it's the same fighting style. You're Hawkeye. <laughs> And he's, <laughs> he's just, just like, like oh, shit. crap. I yeah, I really, I'm really enjoying this, and I think um, Rosenberg and Schmidt could be one of those. It could be a new fraction of Naja if they keep it. Going. It's it's a good start. I'm like, we'll know by issue six if it's one to. Um, so Marvel's X. I haven't read Earth X. Have you? No. Yeah. <laughs> so Earth X is a world in which basically everybody has superpowers, essentially, apart from a few humans. So humans are the minority. In fact, they're the ones that are going to be bullied and. Yeah. you know kind of have to go into hiding the world is an absolute mess um so marvel's x is like a prelude or a prequel to it where they suddenly realized that everybody was getting uh what's the equivalent of what the inhumans get when they get put into their kind of um oh the uh pods yeah almost. like the terrigen kind of pods. it's like terrigen clouds and this is kind of the start of it you've got this kid who's like uh he's a comic book nerd he loves all things superheroes and his whole family are just like, oh, just leave that shit alone. It's boring. It's crap. Blah blah blah. And then they end up with all the superpowers, and he ends up having to kind of like look after his family, which slowly starts to evaporate. Yeah, it's it's a sad story, but it's also quite a poignant story in that you know bad shit happens to people, but. Um, in the end, kind of as long as everybody's nice to each other, as long as there's that little glimmer of hope, like you've got this little old lady who's a tree, um, that's kind of like supplying him. <laughs> that's, his, that's his, yeah, just in the like the back alley, kind of going through a bin entrance to the shop. There's, it is Alex Ross. It's def- yeah, I mean, he's got such a great way of writing in these kind of really human characters, and I love the the moments where he's playing with his toys and then it like behind him you can see that like his family go yeah and it's just like it's 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 horrible because as well like the one person that probably would have really really wanted superpowers is him didn't get them um it has made me really want to read earth x um but yeah i i enjoyed this i think um i i'm looking forward to to learning more about this world. And I hope... I don't know, is this just a one-shot, Marvel's X? No, no, it's continuing. No, issue number two came out today. Today? So, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, um, we'll get to continue it. Um, it'll be enjoyable. Yeah. Um, the end of the book seemed to imply, oh, if you like this, go and read FX, because the main character in this is something to do with that as well. So... Okay. I'm 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 even more excited to read FX and the fact that yeah, comic book is so engrossing, so engaging. <laughs> I love how like you're gonna be like, I really love this kid and then it turns out FX like he's the big bad villain. It's <laughs> like the dick. No, there's oh, no, no way he's gonna be the friendliest kid in all of Toy Town. Um, <laughs> um another comic I wanna quickly chat about, um one that ended in our kind of time run mm-hmm. away. Um issues eleven and twelve of Martian Manhunter came out. Oh yeah. Uh, so from Steve Orlando, Riley Rosmo um, on the art, and Ivan Plasenia on colours. Cool. Um, just quickly, like, the Martian Manhunter series, for me, is like one of those perfect kind of almost Mr. Miracle-esque type ones. A nice 12-issue series, which is just a really great character study on on John Jones. And in this, you see, like, a lot of vulnerability for John Jones and how it. I love that it's just there's this one big villain which kind of represents a lot of the kind of the the kind of the hatred and self-doubt that John has in himself and you know how he's dealing with this kind of hatred towards 
um, like others because like, obviously he's taken over John Jones's life as a human. Yeah. Um. I I just I really loved this this book and I loved the kind of the weird style to it. Um. I think it's going to come out soon as kind of a, like a collected hardcover, like just all twelve issues. Yeah. Um. If you're looking for something, if you've ever been interested in Martian Manhunter, and you want just a really nice like. 12 issue arc story yeah. which is like start to finish done um, it's really great it's really weird and out there and the, the kind of the artwork is really kind of it gets so super odd but like in the in the best kind of way yeah um, but yeah it's, it's, I think we meant I mentioned it's probably one of my favourite comics from the last year so I wonder yeah. if it's the same artist as Deathbed because it looks so similar like that. it must be Riley Rossmo yeah so maybe yeah, it's weird how it goes from like body cop movie to to kind of like insane but like, alien. Yeah, but there's like a thing as well where obviously his partner finds out, you know, that he's through a car crash finds out that he's an alien. But like there's that, you know, that kind of initial rejection to him like, "Oh, what the hell are you?" Yeah. But then she has also had a rejection because she's um she's a lesbian. Yeah. So she's had that kind of rejection in her life of like of her who she is. Yeah. So then it all, like it works out like it is the perfect kind of partnership. But yeah, no, it's it's a really really great series, and I really one hundred percent recommend that. Um, when the collected edition comes out in I think a couple pick of months up. time, what pick it up? Cool. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, that's that's all we've got time for on our big kind of catch up episode. Um, as always, you can find any of the local. Um, any of the comic books we've been talking about in our local comic book shops make sure you go down and pick them up if you um, they don't have what you want ask the guys that are in there and they can probably order something in for you if it's like a reprint or anything like that if not they can help you source something that's similar cool Um, but if you do that make sure you do go and pick up your comic books because otherwise it's just sitting there taking up space and lost money I'm not hinting at anyone Gary um (laughs) But yeah, so make sure you do. Um, you can find us. I gotta on... eat. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Hall of Comics UK. Uh, you can also email us if you want. Uh, Hall of Comics Podcast UK at gmail.com. Until next time, I've been Nolly. I've been Gary. Bye. Bye.